0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the DMP podcast, episode eighteen. Uh, on tonight's show, we've got Interstellar, and that's it. So we're doing <laughs> a shakeup. <laughs> we're doing a shakeup of our uh, of how we run things. Now we're going to do one film, unless it's like mega blockbuster season. Just because it's been a bit of a an issue finding movies that are good or interesting enough to watch. <laughs> um, this the last couple of months. Anyway, so let's move on to Interstellar because that's. It's a film from <laughs> uh, Christopher Nolan, and everyone's been waiting for it for a fucking long time. Because um, when did Dark Knight come out? So two thousand and twelve. Two thousand twelve. Two thousand
1: twelve. Yeah, yeah.
0: twenty twelve. Yeah. So um, pe- people have been waiting to see what he's gonna do without Batman, and I mean, interestingly enough, it's been pretty mixed response for the film. So let's um let's start with you. Uh, I know you are relatively negative about it.
2: Uh, yeah, it wasn't definitely wasn't Christopher Nolan's best. Well, I think Tom said before, it's not his favourite film. I'd say it's almost my least favourite film that he's done. Um, do you want me to start? Alright, I'll start. The sound mixing is an issue. So, Like Interstellar, I think I read Nolan tried to defend it in an article, which I thought was a bit ridiculous, because there's a scene where a character is lying in a hospital bed I'll I'll leave it spoiler-free, even though it's a minor spoiler. And said character is saying something just before he dies and you literally cannot hear because Zim is like, <laughs> boing, like in the background. And like every It's literally every time he goes to say something, it's just, it's boing, like the boing, and then, ju- yeah, yeah the Inception trumpet, and the Jessica Chastain's character is like, well, she's not in the hospital bed, she's trying to listen to what this person's saying, and she's like understanding, and I'm just sitting there in the cinema like, what is he saying? What is he saying? Like, it's an important bit of the film too, it's an important, it like, is, you guys would all know what he says, it's important yeah, what he says, and you can't understand it, the other thing, I didn't really feel connected to the characters, even though I thought Matthew McConaughey's character had some really strong emotional scenes, especially with his daughter, which were really good. But aside from that, I'm just going to sound bad, but I just wasn't interested in the film. Like, I wasn't attached to the characters, I wasn't excited, I didn't think it was like an epic. I think Tim said something before, it was Tim or Tom said something before, it tries to be a bit too smart for its own good, which I agree with. I said it before when Looper came out, time travel is, like, the messiest thing to work with in a film. Like, it is so hard to do time travel properly without plot holes. Like, oh, I'll go spoiler on this. So, basically, it shows that there's a loop, that something that happens at the start of the film, Matthew McConaughey, affects whilst in, like, he does time travel and he affects something that happened at the start of the film. And now the whole thing is, is, like, is that, like, a closed loop? Like, how, how does that happen sort of thing? Yeah, if you guys yeah, don't understand smart. what i'm yeah. saying and that's like because when you're do when you're not using the multi universe part of time travelers where you do alternate universes so if you change the events in one it doesn't affect the what happened in your universe but it affects what happens in that universe like I shit on about Dragon Ball Z a lot, but that's something that that... I'm just using that as an example of the alternate universe thing, because when there's time travel in that, the character who travels back doesn't affect his own timeline, he affects the timeline that he went back to. And I think aside from that, it's just really hard to do time travel properly in a film without being messy. Um, I thought, acting-wise, I thought McConaughey was pretty good. I thought Anne Hathaway was reasonable. Um, I'll give a spoiler. Matt Damon randomly comes out of nowhere... In a part of the film, his casting yeah. hasn't been announced. That, like, I thought it was actually going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. I was going to be like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> like when they when they were revealing who it was. That's well, you yeah, weren't well, no, no, expecting that's, that's what he wakes Murphy up after Inception. <laughs>
0: yeah, he wakes up after Inception in the uh, cryo tube. Holy shit! <laughs> is Interstellar an extension on? <laughs> on Inter- yeah,
2: is Interstellar real? <laughs> oh, the start with I N. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my thoughts on it. Like, I thought. Like the audio thing, the audio thing was bad. The soundtrack was actually pretty average by Hans Zimmer's standards. The cinematography was really nice. It looked good as a film. The sequence where he's going into, I think it's the, the fourth or fifth dimension, and he's like affecting events in the past. That was done really well. Like when they try, and also really when they travel through the wormhole. Of, and then the but track yeah, the
3: yeah, scene or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe everyone else likes it. I have noticed reviews have been fairly polarised on it. Like, some people love it, some people dislike it. I don't think it's terrible, but I was just sitting there in the cinema and just not interested, really, the whole time. The only reason I sat through it was because I knew we were doing it, and it's it's a fairly long film as well. How long did it go for? Say, it got, three hours? Do
0: you think, do you think the Close. actual problem with the film is that it goes for nearly three hours? I think that was a big
3: issue for it, to be honest. That, yeah, I think so. Like, Yeah. Like, I went in, like you know, really enjoying it and stuff. But I found myself, like, about halfway through, like, starting to lose interest purely because I kind of figured, you know, I didn't, like, obviously I didn't guess what was going to happen, but I kind of knew what, like, else was in store for the movie. And about halfway through, I figured, like, holy shit, there's still, like, so much more of this movie to go if they're going to wrap it up well, which, you know, I thought they did, but... Yeah, after like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, I just started losing, or not being as interested as I went going in because it was just kind of like, I don't know, it kind of felt like it was dragging on a bit too much.
0: Yeah, I think that was. Uh, my, my big issue with the film was more that it, it kind of puts itself at the foundations of like scientific accuracy, according to whoever. But. Nolan also kind of creates, an a, like, his own... There's obviously his own universe. So his own universe has a set of rules that are kind of governed by, like, real-life science, and that's where it becomes really confusing because the film just buries itself in its own mythology but then, like, splurts out all of this scientific stuff. And, I'm look, I'm yeah. not a scientist by any stretch of the fucking imagination. Like, when I did science, you know, I thought the coolest thing was, like, watching... Um, Fucking what's it called? Osmosis Jones. I fucking love that movie <laughs> because that's all we watched in science. Oh, that was the only man. reason I watched science. But with this, I found that when there was the whole scientific mumbo jumbo kind of stuff, it became really difficult to, to kind of keep. I don't know, like it kind. It actually really clogged the pacing of the film, as well as like of course three
2: hours I, of dealing with it I, as well. I sorry. Can I just chime in with? Uh, something I thought slowed it down The scenes on Earth felt too long And I think there was too many of them I think that's why it drags out Because I think the second half of the film Probably almost spent more time on Earth Than it did with McConaughey's character Yeah. Well, the fact that I don't know like, if you guys the saw that 45 minutes of the yeah, film, I, I thought that the scenes on Earth Established his character You know like. Y- yeah it's like the Hobbit Like there in uh, Unexpected Journey V2 It's like it only took us 45 minutes to get anywhere Like. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: We've got to have the Hobbit sing songs right like, that was the whole reasoning why it took 45 minutes from him to leave the house. Oh, God. There's only one Hobbit. <laughs> the yeah, dwarves.
0: That's, that's, that's why it's called the Hobbit.
3: Shut it up. Um, <laughs> um, one thing like, I did kind of, I don't know, I guess kind of surprised me a bit is like, you know, there was so much scenes on Earth and everything. And then, like, did anyone else feel like, um, you know, when they're trying to get Matthew McConaughey to, like, you know, sign up and go on this mission like you know he doesn't really agree and then next minute they're like they're like halfway blasting into space like i, I guess i kind of thought there'd be more of a lead-up like you know him getting prepped and everything and yeah. then actually getting into the spaceship and then launching but it was already like it was started on like the countdown of five and already like launching i was like oh oh okay and just like
0: it does Still, away with the emotional like, stakes. Yeah, it was like, quickly. oh, you're
3: in our base. You are now on the
2: shuttle within 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no. I know. Like, uh, I, 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 I
0: don't know, yeah. It does away with the emotional stakes pretty quickly because Matthew McConaughey's performance is really good. And at that point when he's trying to console with his daughter about the fact that he's leaving, you know, like like you said, Tim, he's like this, I don't want to leave my daughter. Five, four, three. Yeah. And he's already gone, you know. Um, it, I think in terms of like... I think it sacrifices the kind of emotion that could be there for probably more scientific accuracy. But I also think that Christopher Nolan doesn't do like genuine emotion that well.
3: I don't know. I I think. think. Well, like there's there's two scenes that I thought were brilliantly done. Um, You know, aside from all the flaws that it did have, like the one, like the scene where they're on, was it the first planet that where like time slowed. Or, Not like, rather, because of the to gravity well, it was like money. seven hours. And the scene where they, sh- it like, you know, they thought it was mountains and it turned out to be the wave. And then, like, I think they did like a phenomenal job in capturing the sheer size and scale of the wave. Like, you know, even just being in the cinema, like, that just. Oh, that, yeah, me- that was really cool. That gave yeah. me chills. I was, I was just thinking, like, holy crap, that is like insane. And like, almost felt like, you know, a sense of almost, like, vertigo kind of thing just from how it just, like, pans up the wave and it just keeps going up and up and up. And, like, there's nothing, like, that size that you can, like, compare it to, like, you know, physically. And I just – I thought that was really well done. And then um, shortly after that when he get – you know, they get back onto, you know, the, you know, like, the command station or whatever it is and, um, you know – um, I guess this is a two part of like seeing the the guy that they left behind and he 's like, you know i 've been on this station for twenty three years purely because like the time difference yeah um I thought that was pretty good, and then also like when they've got like you know they had like fifty something messages from home, and then like it he just proceeds to watch all the messages from like um like his son and his daughter and stuff, and like that whole kind of scene where it starts off like, you know, his son's like, you know, he's got a girlfriend and then like he gets married and stuff. And, and like in terms of like emotional, um, like his emotional state, like I felt that was really well done because he starts off like being all happy and stuff. And then, you know, starts realizing that he's missing out on all these life events that he should have been there for his kids um, and, you know, it ends up breaking down. And I thought that was really powerful and I thought they captured that really well as well.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree. I mean, like, Christopher Nolan has a really sharp visual palette uh, across all of his films, like Inception, and he's, he, he does know how to, like, conjure striking imagery. But I, I think at the end of the day, like, while that stuff is, like, really good, and even, like, the Ice Planet as well, which I think was filmed in... Iceland. Iceland, yeah. Um, of course it was. Um, like, th- those are all look great, but that, to me, isn't enough, personally. I, I don't know... Like and obviously it probably might not be enough for you either, Tim. But uh, like when you kind of look at it retrospectively, like the film looked great and like the black, like the black hole looked fantastic. I thought it was mm. brilliant. Yep. But none of that really was like that imagery wasn't necessarily affecting, and it didn't help affect me. Like when you couple it with the performances, the writing, and and all of the, all of the kind of stakes that are at play. Um... I think it just, yeah, just it doesn't, like Hugh said, it doesn't hit any emotional buttons right, I think. It tries, but it doesn't do a good job. I don't know. Um, Tom, you've been awfully quiet. What are your thoughts, other than the fact that the sound mix was fucking terrible?
1: Yeah. Like, actually thinking about it, I'm liking it less and less. <laughs> because, like, outside of Matthew McConaughey and the visuals, the length of it, it's just too long for the kind of movie that it is and it was just it's too smart for itself and if you don't know the stuff that they're talking about you're just gonna be like okay shit happens and you got fucking paradoxes coming out the fucking end here it's fucking that that bugs me the paradox just bugs me it's like oh yeah so you get the the wormholes to save us and the wormhole comes from the future of like aliens they believe turns out it's humans and it's Matthew McConaughey telling himself to go into space to do it. But how do they survive in the first place for Matthew McConaughey to get into space to tell himself to go do this shit? You can't...
2: And this is why Time travel is done. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like,
1: that's the thing that's been bugging me all week and I'm just starting to like it less and less. I think outside of the Batman movies and the Prestige and Inception Nolan... Is not the best director. He's very good. He's not the best. Uh, I think he yeah. needs to like. I think he needs to. I think he's like got too much of an ego. Do you think he's got like
0: an he... ego? Like I don't feel. I, I, feel, I, I think really he does. Feel like like he... if
1: you like the look. Oops, sorry. If this like if you look at the stuff he's been saying in defense of Interstellar because of the sound mixes and shit, it's just like. He seems like he's up himself and he's like put himself like on a pedestal above everyone.
0: And it, it just kind of annoys me.
1: But you like, and,
3: like there's more hype behind his films for what they're yeah. worth. Or to that do. you're
0: that you're saying that perhaps he's trying harder to prove a point.
1: Yeah. Like he'll say he says like the reason why the sound mix is like it is because, because he feels that film should have sit se- like should have sounds that are like overbearing in that the dialogue, sh- like, you shouldn't be able to hear the dialogue in some certain areas and whatnot. But I think it's just... That's just him trying to be like, oh, yeah, I want to try and do stuff different. And if you don't like it, tough. This is why I'm doing it. I do think that, it's right.
3: more so even a cover-up just because he knows that the sound mix was bad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there's yeah, no it. way to
0: justify well, that He
1: did the same thing good. with... um, He did the same thing with Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. It's Like, if you go back and watch, like, the original prologue that they put before... What movie did they put it before? It was something in IMAX. But I can't remember what movie it was. But if you listened to Bane then you could barely hear him.
3: Uh, I do remember those issues with them like people not being able to actually understand Bane. But that's more of a, a recording thing, not like I wouldn't think that's more of a sound mix issue. I would think that's more of a the fact the guy had a mask over him and, you know, that was the issue, not because they purpose you know they purposely recorded it that way
0: yeah i would probably attribute it more to that just the fact that the mask basically obscures his entire mouth so of course you're going to get some sort of difficulty with you know uh, interpreting what he says even though they did clear it they did clean it up though didn't they
3: yeah they did yeah, yeah
0: but i feel like i don't know where christopher nolan can go after interstellar that's the thing that kind of weirds me out and that also kind of makes me a bit interested, but I also have a... Mo- like, I, I'll, put, I'll put him on such a high pedestal just because of Inception, and obviously the Dark Knight trilogy, but, I mean, yeah, I I think know. he
1: needs to go smaller. He needs to go smaller. He, does, he needs to stop doing the big blockbusters. Like, for me, The Prestige is probably the best film he's done. Like, I think The Prestige <laughs> is a great movie, and... That's because it's a small film. It's not focusing on huge ideas. It's not a blockbuster. Like, yes, I, I fucking adore the the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, I can defend those movies to the end of the earth. But an Inception, yeah, I can do the same with Inception. I really enjoyed Inception. But with Interstellar, it just seems like he's gone trying to be too smart, and it doesn't really come across for most people
0: but the thing is he called it an experimental film which doesn't make any sense at all do, you, do you, would you attribute the, this film to be an experimental film i mean obviously do it like putting films into genres and genres and stuff like that is a, is a dangerous and silly game but i felt like him saying that like in because in that i think it was the hollywood reporter that he had an interview with about the sound issues and he was like in, exper- in this experimental film, and I was like, "Well, I don't think that's necessarily true."
3: Yeah, I don't think it's pretty. That's experimental at what, all. Like, I think it was pretty st- clear cut what the movie was about, um, like, and its story, and it's more of a, like a sci-fi odyssey yeah. slash he's, epic. role he wanted
1: than... to make a movie in the vein of like two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah. That, I've seen that before. Like, what the hell's supposed to be an experiment of how to make a movie with a sound mix that pisses people off? <laughs> yeah. so he's got an eight fucking plus.
0: I I don't know. The sound design of the film is interesting, but the the score is—it's just, yeah. The the sound mix—I don't actually think I can recall a worse sound mix in a film, in recent memory, to be honest. That I've had issues with, other than maybe Bane, but that was just more born out of the actual character rather than the actual post production of the film. Um,
1: The only ones I can think of is like Warner Brother Blu rays. Like they'll fucking they'll put all the fucking. like the score and all that on higher levels and then the dialogue's so low you got to like turn your TV up just to hear it but that's Blu-rays I think that's a different coding
0: yeah perhaps I'm not sure Um alright so let's let's give it out a 10 Hugh I know you gave it a 5 are you going to change it or keep with it
2: nah it stays as a 5 Yeah, Tim
3: hmm you know th- throw, throw the tables up here but I reckon I reckon it's still a 7 like Flaws aside, like, you know, I can see them doing, like, a, like a DVD release that fixes the sound issue um, and stuff. And, like, I, I still, like, as much as it did have flaws and, like, the paradoxes and things like that, I still, re- I still really enjoyed the film. Like, yeah, it was a tad bit too long, but I still enjoyed it anyway. And it was nice actually having, like, a proper kind of space sci-fi movie for once. Like, that was actually... The original
0: science fiction.
3: Yeah, a, yeah. like an, an original science fiction um, film. Um, and not to mention, it was it was actually... It had its actual, like, um, comedic parts as well with those uh, robot thingies. I don't, I don't know what they were, but... TARS, the AI. Yeah, I, re- like I don't know. Those, those
2: weird block those things. Those weird fucking Lego yeah. blocks, yeah. I, thought was... I, was, I was just thinking of Gumby.
3: Like, <laughs> <laughs> I well, like... I, I did I did originally think, like, like they, they, the design for these is quite different compared to the rest of the sci-fi in the film. Um, but, like,
1: kick-ass that roll.
3: Yeah, but, yeah. Like, it's was, it was pretty funny to see how they can just roll like that. Um, but, yeah, so I reckon 7 out of 10. Yeah, Tom?
1: Yeah, I'm going to drop mine from 7.5 to 7 because... Thinking back, it's
2: just... Fucking a dangerously.
3: That's, that's <laughs> not, <laughs> not even a challenge,
2: dude. I don't care. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, it's gone from three half stars to three and a quarter stars. <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: Uh, it's just... It's <laughs> just, uh, just... The paradox, like, is really... It's still bugging me. It shouldn't bug me, but It is. And it's okay, like, you get it that you don't because they, it. because they have like an explanation for everything else in the movie, to not have an explanation for that just kind of seems, like, poor, in my in my opinion, and, I don't know, it's just, it looked cool, Matthew McConaughey's cool, and Hathaway was okay, I almost like, died of laughter when Matt Damon showed up. <laughs>
0: I think, everyone, like, no, I think it wasn't do- dying of laughter. It was like, wait, what?
2: like, this is... is, this is this? Oh, no, no, no,
1: no. The, like, I went in like three stages. I was like, is that Matt Damon? Is that really Matt Damon? Holy fuck, that's Matt Damon.
2: <laughs> My initial reaction was like, gee, that actor looks like Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, what about you? Just, what you like, do you think? Uh, I
0: oh,
1: not- Sorry, Tom, did you... So, if you nah, three, so- I'm, I'm done. I'm branched I'm out
0: good um i'd probably give it a five um did someone say batman versus superman no
2: no no. (laughs) No one
0: said batman versus fucking superman (laughs) um
2: superman vs (laughs) goku
0: but um yeah i give it five stars but i mean at the end of the day i don't think that matters because all Hugh really wants to fucking talk about is goku (laughs) versus superman so you've got one minute to talk about serious
2: serious question for you three. If Transformers can make money, surely a live-action Goku versus Superman would make money, or even a live-action DBZ film that's not Dragon Ball Evolution.
0: Well, let's look at the box office we'll, for Dragon Ball I, Evolution first. Parts? Yeah, <laughs> but we'll that was parts? like
2: that was like Avatar: The Last ben Bender, Bender featuring Goku <laughs> in a cameo.
0: <laughs> so the last Dragon Ball live-action film that came out made fifty-seven million dollars at the box office. Do you think um, that's a success, Hugh?
2: <laughs> the budget would have been like 100.
0: <laughs> actually no, budget was only thirty
2: million. Wow. Well, well, yeah. No, I just, I just, if transformers can make money, why can't that? That's, or oh, and guess what? Next podcast we'll be talking about the Jurassic World trailer. Yeah. <laughs> We're
1: only doing one film, on, an episode, so
0: so <laughs> you're gonna have to wait until Jurassic World comes <laughs> out. <laughs> <For
2: sure. laughs> one episode on a trailer it's just
0: we, me back into the mic <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question though Hugh no uh.
3: <laughs> uh, I think that's a wrap
0: um, Alright we're, we're gonna we're gonna finish it for the for the night um what have we got next Mocking Jay
2: yeah, that is correct. Yeah, I updated the Facebook group, oh, okay. so it's got. What we're so doing. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're going to do the Hunger Games Mockingjay, which comes out this week. Does it not? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, comes out tomorrow. So we'll be back, and then we might do Jurassic World, given if we can get fucking time and whether Hugh is, we can keep Hugh on like a muzzle <laughs> or something. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. All right, we're done for the week. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace. Peace. Bye.